podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast that finds the best betting value closer to the first shot being struck than anyone else. Always gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for more information. We are back. It used to be the Golf Betting Podcast. It is now the Late Tea Time Podcast. And as before, it's the same principle. If you've listened to this before, watched us before, you will know that we come to tournaments as late as possible to allow Dave Tyndall's gargantuan golfing brain to get his head around all of the latest gossip and news and information from the course so we can frame our very best bets. I'm James Butler, and as it says on the screen, he's Dave T. Dave, how are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, new video format's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a while since we've done this, hasn't it? Because we we basically got a new home for the podcast. It's on a new platform. We're going to try this live video thing as well. You can add your comments if you're watching on Twitter. You add your comments to the uh, the live video, and we can always uh, pick those up as we go through as well. But Dave, we've a year ago, I can remember we talked at length about the Masters for the for the majors. We come back between rounds as well, um, but this is obviously the preview ahead of round one masters 2022 i think we both agreed this time last year this is our favorite golfing tournament yes i've uh, not changed my mind since then there's something about it isn't it it's the wait between majors the last one was in july so all that anticipation anticipation even um the vibrant colors that you say at augusta the, the familiarity of it all i mean the open championship is great but it moves around doesn't it so, so one year you're in Hoy Lake, the next time you're in Scotland. Um, so you don't have that that same that came so oh there's that again, there's that tradition, there's that, there's that. It's all sort of ticks away in your brain as it's like a year on from the last one. So yeah, it's my favourite. So I cannot wait. Wasn't quite the same, was it? A couple of times ago when it was just out of season in the autumn rather than the spring. But back there with the the flowers and the the course looking as good as it always does, I'm sure. I'm just looking at the the top end of the markets before we get into the chat. John Rahm is the tournament favourite. He's um, best price of around about twelve to one. Justin Thomas is in there at fourteen. You've got Cameron Smith. Um, the Aussie in there at 18. Scotty Scheffler, the new world number one, 18 to 1. Dustin Johnson, champion of two years ago, is 18 to 1. Rory McIlroy is in there at 20 to 1. Colin Morikawa, my mate, if you're new to us, that, I'll explain that later. 22 to 1. And Brooks Kepka, 22s as well. So is Victor Hovland. Dave, looking at last year, Hideki Matsuyama was the champion. He comes back with his green jacket, hopefully freshly pressed. Does he have a chance to retain it? No. Well, he does. That's the end of they've that. Got, yeah, they've all got a chance, haven't they, if they're an elite player. But history says no. You've only ever had um, three players defend Tiger, Jack Nicholas, and Nick Faldo. They're quite good, aren't they? So, yeah, Hideki pulled out last week in Texas with a bit of a sore neck. So, um, you know, maybe he's not as healthy as he needs to be. It's just there's a lot on his plate to defend. So he goes there this year with with all lots of eyes on him. He's got to do the champions dinner. Literally a lot on his plate because he's actually there is a lot on his plate. It's very nice as well. It's um, I think a lot of uh, former champions were relishing a bit of sushi and Mm. and nice beef. So 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 he's done all that. But yeah, I think it's a bit one year on. I think he'll enjoy his last kind of couple of days with the green jacket. But I'm afraid Hideki won't be winning this year. 
mentioned in the uh, in the prices there, Scotty Scheffler, now number one in the world, isn't he? I, I get the impression, Dave, and it's a while since I've concentrated on golf because mm. we used to talk, do this regularly and speak every week and I paid more attention then. I've kind of more of a passing um, observer over the last few months. But Scotty seems to me to be somebody that doesn't necessarily win loads and loads of tournaments, but he's just consistent. Does that count against him this time? Am I right with that? No, you've taken your eye off the ball there. Okay. So he, he's been so winning he's everything, has he? He's won three of the last five events. Well, I am so, totally wrong then, aren't I? Yes, so he's absolutely on fire. So, so he's storming into Augusta as, as a, with a real chance, is he? As the hot horse, yeah. If you if you went back to um, February and said to me, Scotty Scheffler, talk to me about him, and I'd say, well, he's brilliant, he's really good, he's never won yet. Then he won, then he won again, then he won again. So he's the guy with the all the winning form. So it's obviously caused a big price crash. Did you know? Did you know he was world number one now? Yes, it was, that was in my intro. Well, I can't quite square that with how you think he got there if he hasn't been winning. I, I just, I just had him down as somebody that was very consistently kind of top ten and just got, gathered the points that way. But obviously, he's been. You know, uh, you've got to, you've got to get the wins to to get yeah. to world number one. So it's a funny one. I don't think he quite realizes he's world number one. He's not. He's not sort of. Oh, am I? He's, he can see it on a list, but I don't think he feels like a number one. He, he said earlier this week that. He'd been driving into the grounds and one of the ground staff had said, hello, uh, Mr. Chaffelet. So he's not even recognised yet. So It's um, very easy to get those two confused, isn't it? Yeah, so um, he seems a bit odd as a world number one just now. Maybe he'll keep winning and he'll look a very natural number one. But at the moment, it just looks like he's winning lots. But is he really the best player? It's it's possibly quite good that he's like that, isn't it? Because when John Rahm got to be number one, it seemed to weigh heavily on his shoulders a little bit, and he didn't stay. Yeah, you know, it looked like it. The pressure got to him a little bit. Whereas if Scotty Scheffler's a bit more oblivious, that's maybe a yeah. good thing. There was no build up to it. He just sort of went win, 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 and suddenly he's there. So it wasn't so every week. He was, you know, people were pointing out. Do you know what? If you win this week, you get. It was just, you know, it, it wasn't part of the thinking so he didn't have that pressure whether that now comes on him when this week when he's interviewed people say scotty so you're world number one da, 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 da. will he start to think oh wow i better start playing like a world number one and acting yeah. like a world number one he does seem a very humble sort of guy so i don't think um he'll wear that badge heavily i think uh i think he's just having a blast the man that could have been number one, Colin Morikawa, my mate, as I said in the uh, intro, if people are just joining us for the first time ever, I class him as my mate because he, he won me uh, a couple of uh, bets in the fairly early on in the podcast and uh, referred to him as that all the way through. I mean, he's right up there now, number three in the world. Victor Hovland, another friend of mine, he's uh, number four in the world. So the uh, the top ten's looking pretty decent. This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast. Tiger Woods, though. Let's get back to Tigger. Because Tigger's back this time. He's back this week. There's a lot been written, a lot been talked about Tiger Woods coming back to Augusta. Obviously, famous haunt of his from previous successes there. It's um, first question with Tiger. The fact that so many people are focusing on him, is that actually quite good for maybe somebody like Scotty Scheffler and, Ty- and Rory McIlroy to maybe not get quite the focus in the run-up? Yeah, that, that, that particular point has been made to lots of the top players in their interviews. Justin Johnson said, yeah, you know, bring it on. He, he can take all of it off me. That's just fine. Rory McIlroy said something similar. So, yeah, once again, it's the Tiger Woods story, isn't it? And the rest can just kind of get on with it. Second question then. It takes some doing to come back from where he was after that car accident. 
there was fear he was going to lose his right leg at one stage, wasn't mm-hmm. there? To then walk back onto the Augusta course and win this week, doesn't it? Surely he's got no chance, has he? Uh, it's like, it's the, the dangerous thing of saying, of course he's got no chance. But yeah, I mean, the, I don't really know what to expect. So, I, I mean, I've seen, I've been watching the coverage like on the range and he's clearly walking strangely. His, his, his walk isn't, isn't right. It's very ginger. And that's in the practice rounds. Yeah, I do. I, I do wonder. I, I did a bit of research actually on where, because this isn't the first time he's had a huge amount of time off. So there's like maybe four major injuries. Well, there's loads of major injuries, but four times when he's had a lengthy spell off. So how did he perform when he got back? So in the first one of those, um, he came back at the world match play, which was then knockout. He won his first round game and then got knocked out in round two. Then he had, I think, over a year, 15 months off. He came back, he missed the cut, shot four over. Talks about being rusty, as you might expect. Then he had another 10 months off. He came back. He played his own event, which is this Hero World Challenge for 18 players. He was 15th. So if you see 15th, you'll think, oh, he did quite well. Well, no, he came 15 out of 18. And then he he did the same again. He had another big break, came back at that event again and was 9th out of 18, which was pretty good. You know, these are the best players in the world. It's a course that takes an awful lot of walking up and down I mean the problem I think is walking down the hills anyone who's suffered bad joints or bad ankle bad knees they'll they'll know they can do the uphill bit but putting the pressure on it coming down I mean I've got the odds here it's virtually there seems to be a split on will he make the cut that's where that's where it's being pitched at maybe not whether he'll win I mean the price is there I think 50 to 1 66 to 1 surely not but whether he makes the cut, it's kind of four to seven, he misses the cut, 11 to 10, he makes the cut. So it's it's kind of there. I mean, my my head said he, miss, he, he misses the cut, but do I really want to be watching it and go, go on, miss the cut, a bad shot? That, that's the thing, isn't it, Dave? Because I mean, yeah. it's, it's just fantastic to see him alive and kicking him back on a course, isn't it? So cheering him to fail is not where we want to be, is it? No. So I can't bring myself to back one of those markets, although I will actually oppose him in a match bet. That doesn't mean to say he has to do badly. It just means to say the other guy will do even better than him. Well, let, let's get into the, uh, the 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 prices and the and your bets then ahead of the Masters. As I said, uh, listeners and viewers, we will be back in between rounds as well. After round one, after mm-hmm. round two, and after round three, with Dave's thoughts ahead of round two, three, and four. Um, but you're gonna you mentioned a uh, a three ball, did you, with um, Tiger yeah. involved in that? Uh, so he's he's been drawn in a three ball tomorrow morning. I think they've given him the morning tea time so he has a, a break and then he has the afternoon tea time on Friday. If it had been late early, that's a lot. You know, that's probably too much for him. So he's oh, got a morning. So, so if you're Tiger Woods, you can pretty much dictate where you start and finish. Well, I think there's, there's some common sense being used, I think. Yeah. So Tiger's been put with Louis Oosthuizen and Joaquin Neiman. I think the guys who've backed Joaquin Neiman sort of thought, oh, no, because there'll be a lot of attention on that group. Um, more so than maybe Neiman's ever seen. Therefore, I think Louis Oosthuizen is a decent bet. He's six to four to win that three ball. So I think there's an obvious reason why he might beat Tiger. Obviously, Tiger coming back. Um, I just think as well that he will be able to handle the extra eyes on him and all the hoopla going on than the young Neiman. I actually had a look at 
who stays in the last five rounds he's played with Tiger, who stays and shot the lowest score on four of them. So he does play well alongside Tiger. He also shot the best round the only time he's ever played with uh, Neiman. He, he shot a low one there. So it's more to do with, it's a way of taking on Tiger, but I will still, you know, Tiger could shoot 69, I'll be, yeah, but as long as who stays and scores 68. I mean, I, I'm thinking about Tiger Woods over the first two days, really, thinking, I just hope he doesn't, it's not embarrassing. That's yeah. where I am with it. Yeah, if he, if he can shoot like 74, something like that, he's back, isn't he? He's not threatening to win or anything, but he's back. And yeah, and that, you don't want to see him shooting in the 80s. That'd be that'd be pretty bad. Yeah, I, I think there's a I think there's there's good grounds for to, for taking him on in that three ball because it's such a lot to ask from him to to suddenly hit the ground running. That's the first bet then ahead of the Masters 2022. Let's move on a little bit. I know when we spoke last week, sorry, last week, last year, about uh, um, last year's Masters, we were talking, you, you said this probably more than any other tournament in terms of the majors. You look towards the top end of the world rankings for your winner. Is that where, we, mm. where we're going with this in terms of the outright? Who, do you, who, who can you see winning it this time? So, I mean, I've written some stuff this week and I've been very um, vocal about Xander Chaffelet and I've seen nothing to... Um, dissuade me from that opinion so it's more we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon UK time it's more is there anyone else there that I've suddenly become keen on that I'd maybe glossed over and the one I keep coming back to is Jordan Spieth just keep seeing the clips of him he came in for interview and said how well he's playing it he says he's, he's hitting it as well as he's ever hit it now he, he ranked first for strokes going tee to green last week in in Texas, but his putter was terrible. And you think, oh, that's not a good sign. You don't want to be putting badly ahead of Augusta. Well, Augusta Greens and non-Augusta Greens, they're like chalk and cheese. He basically said last week he, he couldn't hit the ball hard enough. He couldn't get it to the hole. But Augusta Greens, they're so fast, that isn't a problem. So many of his putts need to bend in. And he sees those lines better than anyone else. So I think you can almost scrap his other putting performances from other tournaments of late. Here at Augusta now, so this is what counts. He's proven on these greens. You add in... He's excellent long game at the minute. I think he's a big danger. I mean, do you remember last year on this podcast, we I mean, we tipped him for top five in both events, yes. the one before mm-hmm. this one, and he landed the money, finished third. And he's got a win here, a second here, a third here. The market that I've picked him out in is not maybe the one that you would think. It, it's going to be um, top American. All right. Because you can still get 14 to one on Jordan Spieth being the top American. And I think that's better than his actual price to win it was last year. So if you if you do that, it's 14 to 1 that uh, Coral and Unibet to be top American. If you do that, you're taking out John Rahm, you're taking out Cameron Smith right at the front of the betting, you're taking out Rory McIlroy, you're taking out anyone else who slips in there, any of the English players you didn't know. So potentially you could have a, a top three of Rahm, Cameron Smith, McIlroy, Spieth plays nicely and finishes fourth and he wins you the bet still because he is the top American. So I just thought it was it, it's a good way of backing him, still at a nice price, but some of the big dangers are removed. So that, that's I'm, the thinking. I like that. He's, he's 25 to 1 to win the whole thing, but 14 Which to is, 1. Yeah, to you, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't put anyone off the 25 to 1, but it's just a, a way. And I think I've become a little bit more keen on Ram in the build-up. Just I don't know, a bit of an air about him. I don't want to... I don't want to actively back him at this stage, but I'm wary of him, shall we say. So we're doing it this way with Spieth. It just takes Ram out of the equation. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, I like Spieth at the top of America. And Rom's, Rom's favourite to win the uh, win the event. So at the moment, yeah. his price isn't isn't necessarily that attractive, is it? Is there anything anything else on your mind at the minute, Dave Tyndall, that you can actually broadcast to the nation, or is there? Uh, are, are we waiting? Are we going to keep our pie around? Because from memory, we had quite a bit of success ahead of the third round and fourth round last last uh, year. Yeah, I mean that three ball of, of Tiger, where I've gone for Ustazen to um, to shoot the lowest score on day one. You could make that part of a treble. So I'm going to I'm going to give two more three balls to turn okay. into a treble. A guy I've just mentioned. Cameron Smith is six to five to win his uh, three ball against Bryson DeChambeau and Paul Casey. Now, normally you'd be thinking, oh, that's a, a bit of a tough ask against two such elite players. But on this theme of being injured, DeChambeau says he's 80% this week. He's had lots of injuries. I don't know quite what he's doing. You almost get the impression he's, he's turning up because it's good for his social media. He's a, he's, it just sounds odd. They said, what have you been doing in your break? He said, it's been a great time to become a better man. And they said, well, in what way? To connect with social media. That, that's that what I've been doing, Dave. Well, we've not been yeah. doing this podcast. I've been becoming a better man. Yeah, is that the way to be a better man? I don't know. Um, <laughs> why don't you quietly do something to in a charity somewhere? Anyway, um, so he's he's opposable. Casey's been injured as well. So it's almost like the, um, the one fit young player in the three ball, Cameron Smith, who also happens to be one of the most informed players in golf after winning the, the um, Players' Championship. He's taken on two players that he might have beaten anyway, but with their injury concerns, I think he's got an even extra edge. So him at six to five. And then the other one is more of a one guy, I think he'll go well against two who I don't, who are you know down the bottom end of the betting. So this three ball, it's Robert McIntyre, the Scot, who was 12th in last year's Masters. Excellent performance on his debut. He's also come six and eighth in uh, in two Open Championships. So really settled him well for at this level. And he's taken on Charles Schwartzel, who won here in 2011. But his game's kind of gone through the floor. There's a clip of him not so long back where he just lassoed his club off the tee when he'd hit a poor shot. And he, he just think, oh, he's... He's so frustrated with life, with his golf game at the minute. I know he's back at the scene of his finest hour, but you know I think uh, I'd be surprised if he makes much of an impact. And then uh, the other one is uh, one of the amateurs, Lyle Shepard, who won the uh, who won the amateur. Uh, he he it, he's play, actually played in the Open Championship already, but it's still asking an awful lot for him to turn up here and to beat a guy who finished twelfth the year before. So he's not a crazy price, Robert. McIntyre is about 10 to 11. I just think he's got mm-hmm. quite a big edge on those two. McIntyre played in at Riviera a few weeks, a few months ago, finished 15th, played last week in Texas, 35th, that type of place. So I think he's he's kind of the safer element of, of that treble, but it comes out uh, over nine to one. That's all right, yeah. So that's, that's basically, um, just to go back through, that's... Uh, um, who stays in to beat Woods and Neiman in their three ball at six to four? Um, yeah. Cam Smith to take down Bryson DeChambeau and Paul Casey. He's six to five. Cam Smith and Robert McIntyre around about ten to eleven to get the better of Schwartzel and Shepard nine to one just over. That's I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, a first day treble that you can cheer on. Um, as I say, you could, let's just hope who stays and shoots a really really good score. Then that that still allows us to cheer Tiger on. Yeah, because we we want to diplomatically. 
We want we want to see Tigger at least walking off the 18th with a smile on his face at some stage, don't we? Um, yeah. Hopefully he's, he plays well enough to uh, make that smile happen. <clears throat> so that, that's the uh, the nine to one then the trebles. We got the uh, fancy Jordan Speed to be the top American as well, and uh, a little bit of an inkling for Xander Schauffele and John Rahm, but we'll keep our powder, powder dry on that as we prepare for the uh, the subsequent podcast as we go through this Masters. Yeah. DT, pleasure to be back on yes. the uh, the podcast, now called the Late Tea Time for obvious reasons. I will see you again tomorrow for the uh, pre-round two um, shenanigans. But until then, enjoy round one. Yes, thank you. Cheers, James. And uh, thanks everybody out there for watching Stroke Listening because you can do both now. You can see our ugly mugs or you can uh, wait and take in the Late Tea Time podcast in the usual um, through the years kind of direction. Gamble responsibly, everybody. Enjoy the Masters. And as we say, we will see you again tomorrow. Always gamble responsibly. Visit BeGambleAware.org for more information. Podcast Network.